Today's episode of that song from that movie is coming up after these messages. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews and Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. You can find us under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com. Hope to see you soon, folks. And we are back for the impromptu second part of our look at the James Bond songs of the 1960s. What will we pick as the best and as the worst on today's episode of that song from that movie? Hello, Future Dietrich here again. So here is the second half of our journey through the James Bond songs of the 1960s. Ben is going to pick up exactly where we left off, so I recommend listening to part one before this one, if you haven't already. Enjoy! Okay, so on to mine. So the next film in this 60s Bond films, way off in the future, in 1967 was you only live twice were they slacking in 1966 (laughs) well you said it was december wasn't it 1965 so they've obviously had to film it i can't remember when in 1967 this was i'll celebrate in the world cup win clearly (laughs) yeah maybe maybe well not sean (laughs) true (laughs) yeah he was he was wanting to get onto it he was over in japan so this was You Only Live Twice is the last Aeon productioned Sean Connery Bond film. Uh, it was directed by Lewis Gilbert, who also directed The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Interesting, the screenplay was written by Roald Dahl. I did not know that. I saw this when I watched the uh, the opening credits. So I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. like, it can't possibly be another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I was I, shocked. It was unbelievable when I saw his name pop up. Yeah. It's incredible. And that's before most of his, you know, famous novel works. So yeah, really interesting. Based on the Ian Fleming novel of the same name, the soundtrack was composed by John Barrett, and the theme for this one, sung over the title cards, was by Nancy Sinatra, who was the first non-British vocalist of the series to actually clearly get their song to get through to the actual film, since you've, you mentioned a few there, Dee. <laughs> yeah. So Nancy Sinatra actually managed to cross the finish line with the music by Barry and the lyrics by Leslie Bricus, did we go with in the end? Yes, let's say that. Yeah. So the song itself has, you know, one of the most sort of classic opening melodies as the strings play out and it's got that haunting edge to the Bond title cards as there's like waves crashing up on land and it's got the sort of tinged with the oriental flavour to match the narrative. I love this song. What do you guys think? I think it's one of those things where we say, oh, this, that's an iconically James Bond sound. And it seems to be every song I go, oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. And it's just something new every time. And this is another one to add to the pantheon of James Bond motifs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And obviously, Robbie Williams as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think that's the first, when I first heard it again, I was like, oh my God, this is, millenn- <laughs> this is, this is Millennium. <laughs> 
And I, I, I didn't. I'd completely <laughs> forgotten that that's where he came from. Although it makes sense because like he's wearing like the James Bond tux and stuff, isn't it, in the video and things? Yeah. Yeah. So weird. But I think I, I love this one. I think it's such a good song. It's probably right up there for me. It's one of the best ones. And I, I don't even really know why. I think it's kind of because it's not. It's not like a big bombastic, powerful one, is it? Like we've had from Shirley and no. Sir Tom. But I don't know. I just think it really, it really works, and it's. Um, it's just like it's more. It's more like the class, like getting towards like the ballady ones that come in maybe in the more in the seventies and things. But yeah, I love this one. Did any of you watch this the video as in the title cards on YouTube and see the scene that plays out just before <laughs> yes. it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's face down in the bed and says, "The police say this is how he would have wanted to go out." <laughs> Brilliant. I am imagining the guy from the New York Times much appreciated. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this this film is one of the ones I really remember from childhood. We had like them all on VHS, you know, like one of those collections where it has like a picture on the side. And yeah. this one is one I remember a lot. And looking at it now, it's, there's so many dodgy things in this one. Oh, there <laughs> is, so yes. There's so many. It's just like being lauded, isn't it, by loads of women. Yeah, but also like the, raci- the racist aspects of it. Yes. Like, this is presumably where Team America got the whole transmorphification thing from when he dresses, <laughs> when he like, converts himself into looking like a Japanese man. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Yeah, I know. It, it's a shame because I feel like I, I like this film. I like yeah. watching this one. But that element of it's just so yeah, bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. It, it's really, really bad. I mean, back to the song. I mean, this is like, I feel like I'm getting deja vu, but they had someone else already record this song and finish it. And they were ready to go with that until they decided, nah, it's not working. And then just remade, like, not even got someone else to sing the song again. Just wrote a completely new song with the intention of going towards Nancy Sinatra. The original version of the song, which was intended for release, was by a British singer called Julie Rogers. Don't know if you've ever heard of her. No. I hadn't. No. Obviously, they'd recorded American versions before, but I think they were trying to keep the British element of Bond and I guess having, you know, British singers. But then I think there was a lot of discussion about trying to step Bond up onto the world stage and just sort of cement it as a global phenomenon. And one of the reasons they went for Nancy Sinatra was because she exuded the swinging 60s, you know, a blonde bombshell at the time. And she was at the top of the charts. Yeah, she was a big pinup, wasn't she? I know that I've heard stories of, because we're sort of getting into Vietnam War territory year-wise, and I know she was like a big pinup for all the American soldiers in Vietnam. Okay. So I think the year is kind of fits. I think the year before 1967, she just she was like topping the charts everywhere with these boots were made for walking. Yeah. And so, yeah, she was, you know, a huge name. And apparently she was like, yeah, of course, of course I'll do this. But apparently she was really bad in the studio. So they flew her over to London to record and they had the sort of the big, I think it was like an 80-piece orchestra trying to, you know, do it and I think the final version that is released on the film is a combination of 80 different takes that have just been mashed up because she said she just couldn't keep her voice. She's noted to have said in interviews she didn't understand why they wanted her because she didn't have sort of a expansive range. She kind of sits, she almost like talks words and she obviously struggled to hit some of the notes even that they'd written the song for her. I think she's got like one and a half octave range. She hasn't got a lot of range and she still struggled all the way through it apparently. So strange because you don't really pick up on that when you listen to it, do you? Really? Oh, I, I know. Maybe, maybe some people would, but I, I think maybe they chose her like because of the reasons you described. But like her voice sounds like quite it's all it's very mysterious, especially mixed with the sort of Oriental um, chimes in the backgrounds and things. Yeah, it sort of draws you in. Yeah, 
And like, it's interesting again that this is another one where they've used music, like they've tried to fuse it with music from the locale of where the film is set. But clearly, they didn't do that with Thunderball. <laughs> 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 Not that, well, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe they no. did. Maybe there was like uh, water, not rainfall, or something. I don't know, like rain music, something water based. Well, uh, Tom Jones had to hold his breath. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the connection. No, I think it's very haunting, especially over the like the waves in the background. And just yeah, I love that opening melody. I just I think it just really sticks in my mind as linked to Bond. I think that's one thing we're sort of finding with the sixties ones is that if you put them together as a group, they kind of set the stall for every film to follow, don't they? Every film takes something from one of these sort of films, I find. Do you know, going forward, I think yeah. there's always something that they, that's pulled oh, yeah, maybe from like one of these. I'm like, oh, we want to do one that's a bit like You Only Live Twice, or we want to do one that's a bit like Goldfinger. That's kind of all often how they think. Yeah, because they were all successes, and I think, you know, we talked about them, they're just churning these out. They were all doing well. You know, they were huge sort of box office successes. I am. They were obviously you know, making the company a lot of money. I think critically they were doing fine. I know retrospectively there's a lot of elements of them which, you know, get mocked. Except at the New York Times. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Retrospectively, if you ask the New York Times, I wonder what they'd say. <laughs> but yeah, I felt, that was when I was reading about this, I felt really bad because Julie Rogers, who was this lady that originally sung it, she said she went to see the film for the first time and she saw heard the Nancy Snatch bit. She said she just couldn't stop crying. It was just like the greatest opportunity of her life that she'd missed out on. And she said she just can't watch the film because of it. Wow. That is very sad. I wonder if Johnny Cash feels the same. (laughs) (laughs) Probably doesn't even remember recording it, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I will move on to the film that bookmarks the end of the 60s of the James Bond films. And this was the first of a new James Bond. And we introduced the Australian George Lazenby, who was a model, more or less, before he went and took the role of James Bond stepped up into his only appearance during the filming of it. I think he said, I'm not going to do any more, even though they wanted him to, which I thought was quite interesting. Because I don't think his career really ever did anything else afterwards, at least from my memory. I've never heard of him in anything else. I think he even went into real estate, which is what actors and showbizmen do when they when their careers fail. <laughs> the film is based on the Ian Fleming novel of the same name, directed by Peter R. Hunt, who was an editor on most of the Bond films previously. In a sense, there's two songs to speak about with this film. The song that plays over the title cards is not a lyrical song, orchestrated by John Barry, who returned again for the soundtrack. And he said that the film's name on Her Majesty's Secret Service was just too damn difficult to get into, like, for someone to perform and it sound serious. So that you just, you just didn't think anyone could, so like a Shirley Bassey or Tom Jones, you couldn't sing on Her Majesty's Secret Service and sound serious. <laughs> I suppose this is that's interesting, isn't it? Because like obviously later down the line, the theme song won't include the film in the title in some instances, or even in the song at all. So it's interesting at this point that they felt like if it needed lyrics, it had to include the title of the song somewhere. Since there's been plenty of songs that haven't, have there? Yeah. I think there's been a few, at least, yeah. I think most of them are called the same thing, aren't they? Well, the next one after this is The Spy Who Loved Me in 1977. Which isn't, yeah, which has got a song that's different. Yeah. Nobody does it better. I mean, he said that the only way to do it was to have it in the style of Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> do people know what Gilbert and Sullivan sounds like? Yeah, it's like it's like uh, the original type of Broadway, HMS Pinafore and stuff like that. Patter singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they say, I am the very mod- model of a modern major general. You know, like you you say it. What is it? I am the very model of a modern major general. I have information, vegetable and animal and mineral. I know the kings of England and I quote the fight historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. 
with the eggs on top. <laughs> yeah, like each sort of enunciation is a syllable, and so you'd have to do it like that. To be on Her Majesty's Secret Service seems like it'd be quite easy to fit into like a big band song. Yeah. Well, I think he just liked the music, and what plays over the title card is very good. Like, I think Rolling Stones put it in the top 10 Bond themes of all time. Did they? And it's interesting because I don't th- I don't see that as the theme. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't, do they? I assumed until I, I think I was speaking to my dad and he said, I don't think On A Majesty's Secret Service has a theme. And I thought it was the Louis Armstrong version, which we'll go into, but it doesn't play over the title cards and I've completely forgotten that. The music in this, to me, is more reminiscent of like a TV show. You know, the intro music. I felt it was more like a success okay, show yeah. like The Avengers or Danger Man or The Prisoner or something like that. Yeah. It felt a bit, I don't I want to say cheaper, but it just felt, it felt more reminiscent of stuff that was coming out on TV. And as well, I don't like the title credits. I think out of the films with Vox Valor, this is the worst title credits. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say the exact opposite. I thought this was the most interesting. Really? I know it's different, but it looks really cheap. And t- I mean, I suppose it's 1960, what is it, nine? Yeah, nice. Yeah, But it looks <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it looks like um, Windows Movie Maker, which obviously was made like much later. So maybe that's a positive, I don't know. But it look- I think it's the blue and the font that they've used. <laughs> it looks just really cheap. I think I just appreciate that they're trying to do something different, like with the um, like the hourglass, like all the different filters. Yeah. It has footage from the other films, doesn't it? I'm not sure. It has like footage from Doctor No in it, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think so. The theme that plays over the title cards, you can hear it in the trailer for Spectre, oh. as in the 2015 film. So if you listen to the... Let's go and listen on YouTube to the title cards from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and I think it's about 1 minute 40 into the trailer for Spectre, you can hear the same, just like modern version. I guess it's the whole Blofeld links because they make an appearance in most of these Bond films in the 60s, didn't they? I think it's obviously resonated with Bond aficionados and has lasted. But yes, I would definitely consider the theme for On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and I think you guys would agree, is We Have All the Time in the World, as performed by the late Louis Armstrong with music by John Barrett and lyrics by Hal David. As for this song... Because I think people are definitely familiar with it. What do you think of that song? I would consider this to be the theme of this film, definitely. I like this one. I think it's interesting that you mentioned um, The Spy of Me D earlier, because I think that the song in that is very is clearly playing off of this one. And I think that this the, re- people, the reason people maybe think of this one is because of the fact that this is the film that everyone's like, oh, isn't that the one where he gets married in it? And his wife gets killed at the end. Spoiler alert. And so, and this song is very much like it's it's more of like a a love song, isn't it? It's not so much a James Bond theme. It's more of like about him and the romance that he has in this film. Because this is the film that people associate with that. Yeah, I think that's why people think that this is the theme song. Oh yeah, it's it's a nice song. Yeah, I thought this was the actual song for on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Looking back, I was a little shocked that it wasn't the song over the opening credits because in my head I just sort of mashed it all together. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, like Alex said, it's the I think it's the last line in the book and in the film that he says to his wife. And like the lyric, Hal David was he wrote a lot of songs for Burt Bacharach, and I, I can see the similarities in the tone of the of the song. Yeah, definitely. How has Burt Bacharach never done a James Bond song? He, well, I don't know. <laughs> they approached Louis Armstrong for the song because they wanted the performance of it to have a, like a, a level of tongue in cheek that they felt he could do with still hitting those that sincere note. We have all the time in the world, but you're dying. Or, you you know, you've just died. I think John Barry said in an interview, he's in the September of his years, and he could draw upon his own personal experience, as he did with a lot of his songs. And I think it's quite, it's like, reading about it, it I think it added, like, an, another level of fondness of the song because of that. A lot of the songs we talk about on the podcast, you remember them because of, like, 
the connection to sort of a scene in the film or an emotion that sort of you have after watching it. And I think maybe with the Bond themes, because a lot of the time they come at the very beginning, you don't necessarily have that sort of, you, you know that the song is from that film, but it doesn't have like a more of an emotional resonance. Whereas mm-hmm. this one does because of where it's used in, I suppose, like the ending of the film, which is different to pretty much the vast majority of the Bond films, has more of yeah. a downbeat ending. I suppose maybe, is it Casino Royale maybe ends similarly? I think it's yeah, that I'd say so. It has more of that tone about it. And I think a lot of the Daniel Craig ones do try and hit that note a bit. But yeah, obviously the, the ones that come after this, the Roger Moore ones, very much do not. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So yeah, I think maybe people remember it a lot just because of that, because it, it hits them more emotionally than maybe this, some of the other ones yeah. do. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, just a few facts about it just before I sign off. It didn't enter the charts in the US or the UK at the time, despite its sort of renown nowadays. It was used in a Guinness commercial in the 90s, which helped it find an audience and I think charted in Ireland at the time. But the sort of the trumpet on the song, Louis Armstrong was too ill to play at the time. So that's not him. Oh. Obviously, a lot of people would assume it is. Yeah, I did. Apparently he was too ill to play at the time. He put in a lot of effort into the song. Did it, does it sound good? I'll do it again. I'll do it again. He obviously really wanted it. He wasn't just phoning it in in his twilight years. Apparently he just really wanted this to work. It's a shame because I think, like I say, he died a year later. It's almost like a swan song for him, I feel, which represents his life just even outside of Bond very well. I've just got the list of songs up here. Of all the songs in the 60s, this one is the one that peaked the highest in the UK charts. Really? Yeah, number three. All the rest are not even in the top ten. Which I think is, is interesting as well, isn't it? As we're moving forward, you just assume that all of them got to number one. And actually it wasn't until... The Sam Smith one, maybe? That's right, yep. Because you'd assume the Adele one won. I know the Adele one got like one like best song at the Oscars and things, didn't it? So it's surprising that I didn't get to number one. And that's the 60s. Yay! And that's the 60s. So now we move on to the new ultimate question, because... It being movie or song doesn't really fit here, so it's best or worst. No, best and worst. Whatever. <laughs> We're going to do best first, because the best goes first. Alex, which is the best song? Uh, for, it's a diff, I think it's out of three. So I've got three tops and possibly three bombs. My three top, I'll say what my three tops were, then I'll say what my one top is. So I think, I think the best three are From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, and You Only Live Twice. Those are the three that I like the most. And I think there might be an argument that Goldfinger is the best because it's probably the most well-known, the most remembered. But pers- my personal preference is that you only live twice as the best one. Okay. Uh, ben? You know what? Before I started, I was going to say the same as Alex and I probably said you only live twice. But just when I was, I guess, talking about it and just thinking then, I really do like the Louis Armstrong. We have all the time in the world. If I can count that one and not the orchestral yeah, version from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, then yeah, I'd probably say at a push On Her Majesty's Secret Service than with the Louis Armstrong version. Okay, okay. So to complete this, I think the best one is Goldfinger. <laughs> okay, okay. We're on the same page. I just, I don't know, I just really like, I, I really like it. I just like, I, I, I think I've always liked that swan song element of like artists like with... Um, like Johnny Cash and her, like towards his Twilight career, I just for some reason I like it when the the lyrics almost match up with you know either feelings at the time or like you know hindsight looking back at a career or a life. So I think that that's what helps resonate for me, and maybe it's just because I feel like it's a song that is applicable even outside of Bond, whereas all the others are just Bond. 
they they, don't, they work in relation to the film. Whereas I think on the Majesty Secret Service, because I I think the film's good, and the ending I just think it's a very interesting, different way of using the song. It's a good I think it is a good argument, and I didn't put it in my top three because I I hadn't registered it as an option because of I was thinking of the theme. The theme, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because I think of most I think all even Thunderball, which I think actually no, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much all the songs in the sixties are are good. So I think it's difficult to pick a best one, but I just like that. And I know, I know what you said, Ben, about there's, there is like a more of a story behind the Louis Armstrong one. And I think it, it does resonate more. It does have maybe a more of an emotional uh, connection for, for an audience. But I, I just really like the Nancy Sinatra one. I just think it's really eerie and creepy yeah. and a bit mysterious. And I just like that vibe. Um, and I think as well, because it's one of the films that's remember the most from this Sean Connery era, for, for good mm-hmm. or for bad. Yeah, that's why I picked that one. But I can see the argument for both of the other two because yes. they both are great. And I think yeah. Goldfinger, if you do, I think with Goldfinger, I think if you did like a full, like you did like the nation's favorite, I wouldn't be surprised to see it at the top. I, I just, I, I almost with Goldfinger, like I said, I do love it, but I, it's almost like a karaoke song. Like I feel like I'm singing it with a smile and a smirk. Like I just feel like I can't deliver it in with serious, like in a serious tone. Uh, to me, it's just it just epitomizes James Bond. Mm. Like, yeah, that's as, fair. A, as a franchise, like it's it's over the top it's grand <laughs> it's it's loud i suppose maybe it's like yeah it wants to, even though it's about a spy it wants to be noticed yeah, he's not <laughs> he's not a great spy is he nope <laughs> with your pick ben is there an element that you think it's the best song but not necessarily the best james bond song i mean i like but that's the thing i i do think it is the best song with the with the james bond element how, like Alex was saying, how it's used in the film, I just think is really interesting and clever, and how it's like the last line of the book and the film. I don't know. I just feel it's a that ending element. I always think endings are important in films because they can make or break a film. And I think Bonds sometimes end with like a nod or like a you know most of those of, of the era, the sixties and seventies, and it's just like a smiley. But I feel that one's got it's just a bit different, and I, I like Bonds that have been done differently because there is a formula. And I think that's why I love the Daniel Craig ones uh, to a point, because the, <laughs> when they change it and do something differently and not just rest on laurels and a formula, and I, I think that was just very good to have done in the end of the Connery era. You've got a new actor do something different, and I know it's the book's already there, but it just feels more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's annoying because I want to argue against it, but I do like all like, all these picks. Yeah, yeah, that's, same, that's same. Yeah, I take. I'll t- if someone said like this is the best. Like, if I read a list and it said Goldfinger's the best Bond song, I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. If I read the list and said you only live twice, the best Bond song, I'd say yeah, yeah, completely understand that. Yeah, I think I think if I saw a list and these three, and they're probably bringing from Russia with Love as a four weren't in the um, <laughs> weren't in the in like the top ten, I'll be I I wouldn't credit that list. Yeah, <laughs> it's my personal opinion. So I think it's time we start throwing some actual mud at each other as we reveal our picks for the worst James Bond song of the 60s. Ben, do you want to go first this time? Thunderball. It's just, uh, Thunderball, it's just forgettable. Like, I don't mind it as, you know, I can listen to it and not be repulsed. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I just, I don't remember the film that well. I just don't think it's tie-ins or resonates much out of the the film on itself, not even within the decade. I just don't think it does much. You disappoint me. 
Alex? <laughs> you, you already know what I'm going to say, but I'm also going to say Thunderball for very much the same reasons. I don't like... I think in the grand list of all James Bond films, I don't think it's like right at the back. And I think there's definitely better. There's, there's definitely worse ones coming. <laughs> yeah, in about three decades. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to say that it's trying to parody a James Bond song, although we did talk about that earlier. But it does feel a bit like that. It feels like the kind of ones that are usually on the video games, like the, the Pierce Brosnan era video games that came out. Everything or nothing. Yeah, that kind of thing. It just feels like it's trying too hard, and it's probably because of what we discussed, where they tried a few versions of different songs and they didn't quite like it, and they were sort of like, well, what's kind of worked for the previous couple of films? Let's try something similar, and it just feels a bit of a mess to me. And I do, it, it just doesn't, it just, even like listening to it like three or four times this week, it still doesn't stick in my head for me. I just, I just don't like it. I don't like it as much as the other ones, I'd say. Oh, I do agree that it's it's one of the weaker. It's definitely not, it's in the second half of these songs. It's not in the upper brackets. But I am absolutely amazed you haven't gone for Kingston Calypso. The Kingston Calypso. <laughs> well, <laughs> I yeah, I, I think I mean, it's because I, guess... I don't feel it's a real song. No. I don't feel like it's a real That's song. exactly why you should lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I can't argue with it. It's categorically not a James Bond song. But there's, a, there's an element of that it was the first one, so it, it, that's how I'm fe- feeling about it. it. Wasn't there wasn't a such thing as a Bond song at that point? Yeah. Whereas by the by Thunderball, the fourth one, I feel like there was, and that that makes it worse that they got it wrong. There was literally t- uh, two in that film that were more James Bond than that song. Plus, can you say can you say it's the worst James Bond song if it, if you're saying it's not a James Bond song? Well, yeah, that's why it's the worst. Well, you can't be the worst. You can't be the worst of something if you're saying it's not something. And and as well, Dave, I feel like you're saying it's the worst. That includes the James Bond theme, and I can't allow it. Yeah, no, can't allow that because it's all part of the same song. Like <laughs> they are separate songs. They're in the same opening credits, but they are separate songs. They all flow into each other. <laughs> They've got to be seen as a pair of the three. Taking what you said, then Ben, if I excluded Kingston Calypso saying it's not, not a James Bond song at all, so it shouldn't be counted, then I would say On Her Majesty's Secret Service is the weakest of the remaining lower half. The, the, the theme, you mean? Yes, the theme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see, I quite like it. It's just an orchestral piece. and But I think when I listen to Thunderball, I'm like, I don't like Thunderball. When I listen to the theme of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, I'm just like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a nice piece of music. I just, it just, it's a bit of a nothing, whereas Thunderball makes me feel some sort of dislike. I feel like Thunderball, the song, would be better appreciated on a more recent movie. Yeah, maybe you're right, because it's sort of like, oh, this is the one that people have been crying out for. Like <laughs> when Adele did Skyfall, it's like that, it's more like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's very similar to Skyfall, actually. He's still going, couldn't he? Tom Jones could do it again. Yeah, getting back to do, to, do, to see if he can improve back. upon his last effort. Yeah, he can talk about when he, uh, wait, I, I once recorded with Elvis Presley and Janis Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the greatest things to this podcast is your Tom Jones and brother. <laughs> Not great for accuracy, just just. For it's al- it's a- <laughs> almost Captain Bird's, like almost the pirate from SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, it's Virgin. Are you ready, kids? Are you ready, kids? <laughs> I see your arguments, AD. I do. I do see them. I think it's just because, like, because because Honor Her Majesty's Secret Service is also instrumental. I I'm leaning towards um, Ben's interpretation of what the song for that film is and i don't count the first one because it's there again there's no proper song other than three diamonds <laughs> so, so that's why i'm, I'm so i'm basically basically out like 
the fir- the middle four and ignoring <laughs> yeah. the end two. And out of those four, I think that that's the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> because the other three are great. I'm going to say that's like a partial agreement then. Yeah, it's it's not a... I, I understand your argument. It's a very difficult to, to pick out six songs of what's best and worst. And like, yeah, when two of them aren't proper songs. So I suppose seven songs. Yeah, because like, if Kingston Calypso played over the intro to Thunderball, you wouldn't be saying... <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be saying that's a good Bond song. No, no, it's a good song. We'd be saying still, still, still saying Thunderbolt though. I guess it it depends what what you quantify as the theme, doesn't it, or as the song? And I just don't think that that's the song. <laughs> I don't think the first one really has one, and we're only really using it because there isn't one there to use, other than the Bond theme, I suppose. And also um, with Thunderbolt, the Johnny Cash one is worse. So it's already worse Thunderbolt songs than the one it's actually. <laughs> In the film, <laughs> but as well by by your by your own mission when you uh, spoke about the episode, there was two, oh, at least one song that could have been used that was better. Yes, it needs to be on a Bond film. It's it's so good. <laughs> get rid of that Sam Smith one. Just place that over Spectre. We'll get to that at some point, though, listeners. Yeah, I go with that. <laughs> Many months. Thank you for joining us today for this special episode of that song from that movie. Let us know what you think the best Bond song is of the 60s. And what you think is the worst. Do you agree with Alex's terrible takes? <laughs> Nash. <laughs> uh, you could uh, tell us on Twitter. It's TSFTMPod. And you can follow us on there as well. So, all that's left now is to do some goodbyes. So it's goodbye from myself. Goodbye. And goodbye from Alex. Are you looking for shells too? No, I'm just looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic quote from Dr. No for you there. Classic. And goodbye from Ben. I'm very well acquainted too with matters mathematical. I understand equations both the simple and quadratical. About binomial theorem and by teaming with a lot of news. Many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. Keep going. Uh, I'm very good at integral and differential calculus. I know the scientific names of beings and an immaculus. In short, in matters vegetable, animal and mineral, I am the very model of a modern general. Lost it a bit at the end. Yeah, You were close though. Try again next time. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. No, it doesn't really work. (laughs) (laughs) All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. economy impression <laughs> it was awful wasn't it good <laughs> man <laughs> good god my uh the, the the best clip of sean connery ever in james bond is when uh yeah that woman the woman asked him to throw a towel and he like throws the hand towel <laughs> oh god <laughs>